Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And I have titled this episode, Crippling Cities, Global Infections, and Tomorrow's New World. That's right, we talk about Elon Musk hooking up brain chips to pigs, because that's where we are, as well as giving sentience to robots. The latest COVID-19 news, there has been some extraordinarily disturbing developments taking place in Australia. A mother has been arrested for simply sharing an anti-lockdown protest post. That's right, we cover that, as well as the other strange things happening. They are literally arresting the leadership, trying to fight back against this. Can you believe that? But talking about fighting back against things, we get into the Antifa developments. That's right, they're trying to lay a 50-day siege on the White House, leading up to the elections. Can you believe that? As if Chaz and Chop were not enough, they're going to siege the White House for 50 days. We cover this and more in this information-packed edition. But first, a few quick updates. It's Thursday, which means it's your guys' day to get access to the web app, freedomsfaction.disciplemedia.com. I'll put that link in the description bar below. It plays a huge part in what we talk about in this episode, as well as the mini-cast we did earlier this week, spiritual senses overriding, being overwritten by our physical instincts. There's a lot of crazy things happening in the world right now, world. Ladies and gentlemen, we're trying to bring you the best analysis we can. And with that being said, let's start the show. Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and this is show number 1029, season 10, episode 29. Technically, it should be season 10, episode 30, uh, but due to numerous mishaps from last week, we were unable to get in front of the mic to sequester time to record, you know, and uh, I kind of... I kind of, I kind of freaked out, you know, because I have a lot of things happened in my life, guys. I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you, and you guys will see some of the benefits here on the show. Uh, hopefully, by the end of the year, that's as much as I can tell you. That's how fast a lot of things are moving. But there's a lot of things happening, and so I just kind of got frustrated that I was unable to, 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 to set aside time for you guys uh, during this crazy and chaotic time period, you know. And I say that because there's a lot of people telling you that you needed to go do things. And that's why I titled the minicast Spiritual Senses Being Overwritten by Physical Instincts because it's the, it's, it's the truth. It's from my approximation. It's from my perspective. Um, and so whenever we're not able to kind of have that fellowship or not able to have this kind of relationship or this meeting time, whenever, whenever we don't have this type of thought process in our life on a consistent basis, uh, it's easy to get led astray. And so I kind of I think what I'm trying to say is I apologize for not being able to do the show for you guys uh, last week. But I do come bringing good news that we are launching our web app. That's right. Freedomsfaction.disciplemedia.com. 
freedomsfaction.disciplemedia.com. I'll put that link in the description bar below and on the article website, the episode article uh, that you can find. Join us. We are just getting started. And I'm sure over the next coming months and weeks, we'll have a, 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 a fully functioning operation. Um, you're going to have to forgive me for not having a proper rollout for it. I wanted to have a, 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 a joining Discord server. Uh, that way people could communicate outside of Instagram, outside of Disciple Media, on a place that's a little bit more secure, specifically designed uh, to house that kind of conversation. So give me time. Uh, we're going to have a proper rollout. This is the soft launch for now, just so people can get uh, get 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 aware of it. You know, like I said before, it only allows for a hundred members. I think that's a good place for us to start. If people do decide to like it, and we and we extend past our over one hundred members mark, uh, I think what we will end up doing is getting the 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 actual downloadable app. But for now, it is just the web app, and yes, you can add it onto your to your home screen. Um, if you have Android or iPhone, either one, I will be doing a proper video explaining all of this uh, next week whenever we have members joined and content being put in there. But like I said before, this is just a soft launch. I'd like to thank our exclusive members for making this possible <laughs> and kind of encouraging this type of network. Um, we are currently banned from going live on our primary page, Freedom's, Freedom Faction, on Instagram. And so we've been going live on our podcast page, Factions of Freedom. And so this is kind of not necessarily a reaction to the censorship, but this is a pivot instead of trying to play, play whack-a-mole with the technocrats. Um, later on, there will be live streaming capabilities if we decide to get that, the, 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 the live app version, but the web app version does not have live streaming capabilities. Um, I'll go over this all in the video because I do want people to get involved. I do want us to kind of nurture this community that we have here. Uh, it's just crazy because here we are. We're talking about censorship. We're talking about content deletion. We're talking about migrating followers. Uh, we're talking about a lot of different things and it's all made. It's all, it's, it's all made possible by your guys' continued support. So I want to say thank you guys. Pat yourself on the back. I'm, I'm going to start clapping and say thank you because again, this is the house that we built. So uh, I'm sorry I wasn't able to get before you guys last week. There were a lot of hiccups and things that were happening. I wanted to launch the app last week as well. Uh, but again, just more hiccups. <laughs> and as always, we're just going to have to improve upon the way. So yeah, freedomsfaction.disciplemedia.com. I'll put the link for that in the description bar below. I'll also make a cool little banner so we can try to get members. Um, and yeah, I'll say this last thing and then I'll start getting into stuff. I've created this thought in my head, this feature that I would like for uh, the app. It's called the Followers Faction. I'll, I'll figure out a better way or cooler name for it. But it's the idea of using our app as if it were Instagram, as if it were a social media app. That way you could organize, say, protests. You could organize reach outs, barbecues. Uh, haircuts for the homeless, whatever it may be, food drives, right? Clothes drives, whatever it may be. And you don't want to have to deal with the, the technocratic overlords. Use our web app. Use our web app as the central hub. Not only will you have people come there who are unfamiliar with what we're doing, but you are also able to have a place that is safe without interaction. I'm not going to censor you. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to do that. I have no, 
I have no inclination or no need to do so. This is all to try to launch an even an even greater um, an even greater message than what we've what we've created, gang. So yeah, as we're coming up over here on three hundred thousand followers, you guys see Instagram won't give it to me. That's okay. We're gonna create our own web app and start doing different things. So freedomsfaction.disciplemedia.com. I'll put that in the description bar below. And if you want to support our web app and the future developments of this project and what we're doing, think about becoming a patreon.com forward slash freedom faction exclusive member. Uh, we're going to have to do a whole lot of revamps because, you know, I feel this is a good way for me to start pivoting into stuff. We're going to have to do a whole lot of revamps. Um, we kind of came into this as nerds and researchers and information activists, so to speak. And we are now transformed into something else entirely. So we're going to have to do a lot of different revamps. Um, and it's, it's just not going to be easy. I'll say this. This is the truest thing I could say. And then I'll start getting into stuff. Uh, I don't want to say I'm going to have to pick up like a, a third job to try to start financing and organizing stuff here. But that's kind of what's going to happen. So some, so some shifting might take place. Uh, where I may not be doing shows as frequently, or I might have to move a couple things around. But again, it's all because I want this to work. I want this to launch. This is helping so many people. The amount of feedback we get and the love for doing so, it is tremendous. I would, I have broken my back, and I will continue to break my fingers to get all this stuff done for you guys. Uh, so with that being said, let's start the show. So last week... Good Lord. Good Lord. There was so much crazy stuff. You had the Kyle Rittenhouse shooting go down, right? You had the Kyle Rittenhouse shooting take place. Uh, the the Black Lives Matter protests that were going on. You know, all the destabilization that's going on. We're, we're, we're going to talk about that. But I really think people should understand what's actually happening. That we are reaching a point of extremism, not necessarily degradation, I'd say agitation, right? Maybe agitated, overly stimulated, anxious. We're becoming dehumanized. This is, again, why I had titled the mini-cast we did this week, that our spiritual senses are being overridden by our physical instincts. While we are aware that there is an existential crisis that we are facing and that it is not COVID-19, that it is something even greater the infection of authoritarianism. People aren't sure how to react to this. We covered it a couple weeks ago, the polarization days, how we have been effectively traumatized, radicalized, and then set free, and now polarized. This is such a sophisticated psychological operation that you cannot have your mind be given over to these savages. You cannot have your mind be given over to the flesh because it can be lied to. It can be deceived. And a lot of the things we're going to be talking about, guys, is really just trying to practice that discernment, practice that peace, and not throwing your life away. Um, Courtney D., one of our YouTube listeners, Courtney, I appreciate you and your comments, caught the wisdom that we were trying to kick to the audience, that right now, with the current climate, it seems as if people are going to be exalted as if they're going to be celebrated for going away and throwing their lives away. It seems like people are trying to go out there and kill people for likes, kill people for views, kill people for a point and a revolution that's not their own. Don't do that. Don't throw your life away. Your life is infinitely worth 
more than just this moment. But because we are not slowing down to see this, not slowing down to see how we're becoming radicalized, agitated, traumatized, polarized, working with the worst emotions, we can't see how we're becoming slaves to these emotions. Not using our higher mental faculties, not thinking three steps ahead, not getting organized, just protesting, being reactive. This is very dangerous, gang. So as we go over the content in this episode, I think people really need to understand what I'm trying to talk to you about. This stuff is not a game. Stuff is getting intense. I am trying to figure out a way to effectively explain these things that are going on, keep you appraised and informed and updated with everything that's going on, but at the same time provide you with the solutions that you need. I'm not going to tell you what you need to do. I'm just going to gradually allude to it, and we have to let the chips fall where they may. I messed up and didn't get a prayer together for this episode, but uh, Lord knows we need it these days. So let's start getting into stuff. In this segment, we're basically going to continue to talk about some of the chaos unfolding nationwide here in America. You know, uh, Joe, what's his name? Joe Rogan was um, finally debuted over there on Spotify and some of the archetypal people, Alex Jones, Gavin McGinnis, and various other people, controversial individuals, were unable to upload on uh, his Spotify and I thought that was funny because the only episode that Spotify didn't let me upload was how I compared COVID-19 to 9-11. And in my comparison of COVID-19 to 9-11, I talked about how the initial tower, Tower 1 and Tower 2, was the initial outbreak in China. Tower 2 being the global infection from said outbreak. But the World Trade Tower 7 that nobody really talks about or thinks about or really puts into their purview is the socioeconomic implications of such a virus, of such destabilization in our economic landscape. What do I mean by that? Brings me to my, ne- my first article. Wealthy residents flee in droves as the city degenerates into a hellhole. A fair amount of our audience is from, Australia, is, is, is from New York, so I feel like this is appropriate. We're literally talking about American migrants, people migrating away from the coastal cities because they're becoming increasingly crazy. Let's get into this. This is written by Edward Morgan. He put this up August 28th. It's from Prepared for Change. It says hundreds of thousands of wealthy residents have already left New York City, and more are leaving every day as America's biggest city wraps into a hellhole. This is incredibly sad to watch because in many ways, New York had been an incredible success story over the past several decades. The 1970s and the 1990s were nightmarish times for the city. But over the past several decades, it was transformed into a virtual paradise for the wealthy and famous. Crime rates absolutely plummeted. The city was given a dramatic facelift and booming financial community brought a unprecedented amount of wealth into New York. But now many of the old problems are starting to come back again. And a lot of the wealthy New Yorkers have decided that it is time to look for greener pastures. Of course, the COVID-19 pandemic has has been the primary motivation for a lot of wealthy individuals that have been fleeing the city. According to the New York Times, there has been a mass exodus of 420,000 New Yorkers between March 1st and May 1st. Roughly 5% of residents, or 420,000 people, left the city between March 1st and May 1st. In the city's very wealthiest blocks, neighborhoods like the Upper East Side, the West Village, Soho, and Brooklyn Heights 
residential populations decreased by 40% or more, while the rest of the city saw comparably modest changes. Can you imagine 40% of your neighborhood just leaving in two months? 40% of your neighborhood, crickets. All because of COVID-19, they're seeing the same thing you're seeing. They know that you lose your rights in the city. They're seeing the Portland mayor have protests outside of his house. They're seeing Bill de Blasio do all of his shady stuff. They're seeing Andrew Cuomo try to whip these people into a frenzy. They're seeing the very same thing that you're seeing. And with the resources they have, they're leaving. Some of those homes that they have in Aspen or Vail, Colorado, or any of those other remote areas, they're now becoming their actual residence. It's a real thing. Vacation homes are literally being moved into because of the financial squeeze. People leaving New York and other other areas of the world and coming back here or going back to those houses that they have. The economic strain of COVID-19 is so crazy that they have to kind of keep it hush-hush. Uh, let me get back into this. It says wealthy people can often pick up and move a lot more easily than the rest of us because many of them are not tied to traditional jobs and, li- and a lot of them already own second homes. And it is definitely understandable that a lot of them would have wanted to leave during the peak of the pandemic in, New- in the New York area. But now that infection rates are a lot lower, they still aren't coming back and this has become a hot political issue for New York politicians. Just a few days ago, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo lamented the fact that this mass exodus is, a, is hitting tax revenues really hard. It's actually pretty funny. We covered it a couple weeks ago. He's like, oh, I'll take you to dinner. Please, please come back to America. We need you. Or please come back to New York. We need you. And I kind of had to laugh because... You're, 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 you're trying to, not only did you get exposed as a liar, Andrew Cuomo, but you also decided to carry out the lie and continue it on, acting as if there weren't repercussions. So no, people aren't going to come back. No, they don't want to be lied to. No, they don't want to be deceived. And no, they don't, no, they don't want to come to an area that's not going to protect them. They don't want to do that. On top of that, check this out. This is another thing. That ties into the food supply line distributions. Right here, U.S. cargo thefts erupt as violent crime spreads across America. This is another thing that came up last week. Why I was so frustrated (laughs) and why I'm trying to get this stuff out to you guys. Uh, Because people don't really seem to understand. We're talking about destabilization. I'll get to the riots, the shootings, the stabbings, all the crazy stuff that's going on, the mayhem, the bedlam. I'll get to that. But there are also repercussions of that as well. When I tell you guys to get storable food and storable goods because of the power outages, the right, the race riots, roaming mobs of unemployed people trying to destroy what you have, this is the type of stuff. And it starts with this. Can you imagine? I just got this image out of Venezuela that we've, that we've reported on years ago. Oil tankers and, 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 and semi-trucks full of food being chased down the highway by, by hungry people. I know that doesn't make sense. You, brought, you guys probably haven't seen the footage, but it's a real thing. When you have Venezuelans killing the animals in the zoo, killing pets, going out into the ocean to try to fish, to spearfish, because there's no more resources, you really have to understand what's going on. And it's this type of stuff that, that, that kind of trips me out. Let's, let, let's get into it. Uh, this is from Tyler Durden over there at Zero Hedge. They put this up August 26th. 
It says the largest trucking, the largest, the la- the latest trucking news from Overdrive is particularly disturbing. Outlines how cargo theft across the U.S. surged during the virus-induced downturn in the second quarter. Overdrive, citing data from CensorGuard, a cargo theft recording firm, aggregating data from transport security councils, insurance companies, and law enforcement organizations, said theft surged 56% year-over-year in the quarter. Quote, one significant, one significant note is that April, which was at the height of the supply chain disruption caused by COVID-19, experienced more than double the volume of April 2019, 109%, while both May and June also beat their 2019 totals. It was by a decreasing amount in each case, since a guard noted in the 2Q20 cargo theft report. The cargo theft monitoring firm record, recorded 227 thefts over the three months ending June with 96 with 96 in April and 67 in May and 64 in, in, in June. In dollar amount, the average theft was about a quarter million dollars. Wow. It said 23% of all cargo thefts were miscellaneous, pro, miscellaneous products and retailers. Food and drinks made up for about 20% of all thefts. California, for the first time since 3Q17, was dethroned as the state for most cargo thefts. Texas became the epicenter of thefts in 2Q20, followed by California, Illinois, Florida, and Tennessee. In a separate report, we noted truckers on a popular trucking app called CDL Life polled its users base. They found an overwhelming number of drivers wouldn't, quote, pick up slash deliver to cities with defunded forward slash disbanded police departments. So they're saying that not only would they, not only are they getting theft and robbed, but they're going to specifically not take food and supplies, miscellaneous items, to places that have the whole defund the police movement because they don't want to get they don't want to get mobbed. They see what's going on, they don't want to get mobbed. Let me get back into this. This is a rapid increase in cargo thefts, robberies, and violent crime across the US metro is not surprising whatsoever as a virus induced recession has unleashed depressionary unemployment levels from the bottom ninety percent of Americans. Tens of millions of folks are still unemployed and now have not received Trump stimulus checks in three weeks as they go broke and hungry. They also are at risk of eviction. The recession has transformed America into a dangerous country as any hope for a V-shaped economy this year has been dashed. Cargo thefts, they're out there to steal stuff. They are out there to steal stuff. When, again, <laughs> I don't want to sound like an authoritarian person, but when you let these people out here protest for like 90 days straight, <laughs> what do you think's going to happen? You let them have Chaz, have Chop, cover that up. Shoot people, cover that up. Rape people, cover that up. Shut business down, cover that up. They're about to lay a siege to the, to, to the White House for what, it's like 30 days or something like that? I, I, I forget what it is. For a 50-day White House siege? When you let these people do this stuff, you're only emboldening them. You're only allowing for them to continue this chaos. Oh, but don't worry. Don't you worry. We're just getting started. Let me go ahead and pull up my next article to, again, explain uh, this point of view I'm trying to make. I just think it's crazy uh, that we're starting this show with economic issues instead of finishing it. Uh, Right here, Louisiana food banks overwhelmed as recession and hurricane spikes demand. Another article by Zero Hedge. They put this up August 31st. 
Food banks were already under stress before Hurricane Laura devastated parts of the southern Louisiana last week. Many of these charities were providing meal assistance to hungry families affected by the virus-induced downturn in the economy. Now they must provide meals for people who have lost their homes because of the natural disaster. Quote, it's literally one crisis on top of another. Jay Vines, the director of communications and marketing at Second Harvest Food Bank, told 4WWL New Orleans, who referred to the increasing demand at his food bank. Quote, it's impossible for us to help everybody, and that's what hurts the most. You meet someone that's been blown out of their home and living in a tent, and they're so grateful and thankful for something that's been donated to us to give them a meal, Vice said. Second Harvest has been preparing for thousands of meals, more than usual. The food bank's kitchen, located in Lafayette and Haran, or Harahan, have worked overtime to meet the surging demand of not just feeding families in need because they are broken the economic downturn, but also the new wave of hungry folks who have lost their homes because of the storm. South Louisiana could take months to recover as businesses and homes were torn apart after the Category 4 hurricane barreled through the Lake Charles region, producing winds in excess of 130 meter, uh, uh, 135 miles per hour. The combination of depressionary unemployment and, and, and a natural disaster in the, in the state could result in further food bank stress as they might have to choose between who gets fed and who doesn't. This is terrible. This is heartbreaking. I, my birthday's in January. All year, because of this COVID-19 nonsense, I've been telling you guys, prepare, 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 prepare. I get up over there with the exclusive members. I tell them the same thing. Prepare, 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 prepare. I say, gang, get yourself my storable, uh, get yourself my Patriot Supply, storable goods. We posted about it just before coming on to the show because people have to understand this is not a joke. When a couple episodes ago, we talked about the new poor, not the nouveau riche, how this depression the COVID-19 depression is, 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 is killing jobs. This is what we're talking about. These are people, as I said before, who, who had the Netflix, who had the Uber, who had the Grubhub, who had all of the, who had the Starbucks, who had all of this stuff. But now they're out of a job. And what are their, what are their alternatives? They can't even go to work because they don't want to work in those situations. They'll protest or, or, or wait in line for handouts. This is Bernie Sanders' bread lines. This is so dangerous, and it, it, it's, it's heartbreaking. Let me play for you guys this quick clip of people lining up in a food bank at the Bay Area. Bay Area food banks responding to a need not seen in decades around here thanks to the pandemic. KPI X5's Don Ford shows us people from all walks of life are getting help putting food on the table. Hundreds of cars and thousands of pounds of food here three times a week. We've never seen anything like this in 35 years in business. Each one of these distributions is serving well over a thousand cars. This is one of four locations across Alameda County where folks are receiving much needed basic food for free. Folks who may have lost their jobs when their businesses were forced to shut down due to pandemic concerns. Uh, they start lining up as early as about seven, eight in the morning, this will run for six straight hours. Hundreds of cars slowly snake their way through the parking lot across from the Acura dealership on Interstate 880. Folks from all walks of life driving everything from Toyotas, BMWs to Mercedes, all coming to get food. Plenty of cars going around the corner there. Folks are grateful for the charity. I really appreciate it. All the help, 
When we need it, they are there. Everybody need it. And it's like uh, how you know how it is. So like this COVID times, it's like well, needs that help. Onions, potatoes, vegetables, and fresh fruit. Bags and boxes loading up for families. Since the start of this pandemic, our food distribution has increased uh, between 50 and 70 percent. So while we were, might have been um, distributing around 600,000 pounds of food per week before this, we're now well over a million pounds per week. Helping folks find food for the table every Monday, wow. Wednesday, and Friday. In Oakland, Don Ford, KPIX5. Thanks, Don. Thanks, Don. Over a million pounds of food. That's kind of mind-blowing to think about. Uh, just, a, just a lot of it, you know? Um, gosh, you know, I, I, I just get this image in my head of, uh, of, of Carlos Zapata, that um, gentleman that did the speech up there in Shasta County just last week talking about businesses being shut down, children starving, families going hungry, and all this other crazy stuff, and how we're going to be compliant, but only till so long. You know, I just want to bring this up real quick, and then we'll move on to our next article right here. New World Order warns of, quote, famines of biblical proportions. This is written by Tim Brown over there, Sons of Liberty Media. They put this up August 25th. I'm just going to read a little bit so I can move on to the next one. It says that those plotting the totalitarian takeover of humanity are now warning what's coming next. A United Nations chief is coming out saying that there will that we will be facing a, quote, famine of biblical proportion due to the reaction to the COVID-19 scandemic hoax. It says, quote, all the data we have, including the WFP, forecast that the number of people experiencing malnutrition will grow by 80 percent by the end of the year. Points to a real disaster. David B. Executive Director of the UN World Food Program said the United Nations is forgetting that Americans, although largely obese, are also malnourished thanks to addiction to food-like products manufactured to make people sick. So I'm only going to read a little bit of that because just before coming on to the air, I was reading an article from by Michael Snyder over there at the Most Important News talking about how by the end of the year, 50 million Americans are going to be hungry. And so I'm not too bright. I'm not too good. I didn't, I'm not good when it comes to the math, but I did a quick math right there. And I said, okay, so there's 357 million Americans, 50 million Americans. So you're saying roughly 7%. I hope I did that right. I hope I did that right. <laughs> I don't know, but you guys are going to be saying 7% of the population is going to go hungry by the end of the year. That was me doing quick math. Okay. Who knows if I did it right. Right here, hunger spikes. 10% of the U.S. households are going hungry. This is put up uh, by the Drudge Report feed. They put this up September 2nd. It says the stock market is recovering from the COVID-19 pandemic, but working Americans are not. It says the coronavirus pandemic led to business shutdowns that in turn translated into the biggest employment numbers that the unemployment numbers uh, that the economy has ever seen. The slumping economy sh shocked even the most food-secure states in the U.S., with 1 in 10 Americans reporting that they didn't have enough food during a given week amid the pandemic, Bloomberg reports. While the U.S. is no stranger to hunger, it usually is at its worst in the rural South, while Midwestern states ranked among the most food-secure in the country. 
and when the whole country has gone hungry in the past, it usually stemmed from food shortages, like during the Dust Bowl or World War II rationing, Bloomberg notes. During the COVID-19 pandemic, meanwhile, farmers had to dump millions of gallons of milk and other food they couldn't sell or donate. Even Americans, quote, surrounded by food, haven't been able to afford to eat during this pandemic, Bloomberg writes. That included people in the farm-rich state of Minnesota, where nearly 70% of those accessing food or accessing emergency food pantries were doing so for the first time. Across the country, a third of hungry Americans used emergency food distribut- distributors for the first time as well. That, that, would, that would count for us. That would count for us. We are in that. We are a part of a third of hungry Americans who used emergency food distributors for the first time. That's what you need to be doing whenever I'm telling you, get with my Patriot Supply. Don't worry according to Feeding America. And with millions of Americans still out of work, many people are still without sufficient food supplies. President Trump on Tuesday didn't mention the rampant hunger still lingering throughout the U.S. as he praised August's, quote, very impressive stock market rebound. Read more at Bloomberg. You know, again, another crazy statistic that popped up last week uh, that I think is just kind of mind-blowing is it said, in a good week, because, you know, we're experiencing record amounts of unemployment right now. In a good week, there were only there were there were only a million people that filed for unemployment benefits. It's like on a good week, only a million people. On a on a good week, so what on average do you think that is? How many people? How many millions of people on average a week do you think are filing for unemployment? Like what we're literally talking about is our country dying. Just V-shaped economy. Yeah, sure. If you believe that, we're going straight down. That's why they're talking about it. The the, the great reset, right? You have uh, the global elites talking about the great reset saying, oh, don't worry. This is fine. This is a good thing. Yeah. Let's just let everything collapse so you can have the technocrats like Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, and Bill Gates come through and just buy up everything for pennies on the dollar. We better hope they don't start working with China because then they'll start buying up everything on the yuan. You get what I'm saying? But this is what's happening. Crippling cities. But see, that's just the food, right? That's just the food. We're not talking about the chaos you know, I was going to talk about Michael Rowanall and, uh, and 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 Kyle Rittenhouse. You know, the left the left getting a kill and the right getting a kill. I think I'll do that after I cover this fifty day siege that Antifa is trying to lay at the White House. I think that's way more important than, unfortunately, addressing these casualties right here. Anarchist anarchist group Adbusters calling for a fifty day White House siege on September seventeenth until all domestic terrorists uniting all domestic terror groups for the new world. Check this out, guys. This is crazy. It says the White House siege will electrify the U.S. election season, and it doesn't stop there. It will be a new world order. This next part comes from Adbusters. It says it's been nine years since we set off the political earthquake of Occupy Wall Street laying siege to New York City's Zuccotti Park and inspiring thousands of of similar protests around the world. The Occupy anniversary arrives September 17th, 2020, and it may be the perfect day to trigger another global Big Bang moment, a massive collection of action of the sweetest kind of disobedience. The why hardly needs recitation. 
because for these nine years, the shadows have only grown longer. Inequality has soared. Not a single Wall Street CEO spent a night in jail for his role in the 2008 financial meltdown. Politicians and corrupt criminals continue to savage the public with trust, savage the public trust with impunity. And all the while, howling void of a president, his sins, too many to name, sits smugly atop a corona death toll that may surpass 200,000 Americans by Christmas. This is this is what they're saying. This is this is the rebellion that is building up a 50-day siege. So imagine, I just talked to you guys briefly about uh, them getting away with Chaz, Chop, uh, murder, rape, stabbings, shooting of cops, destabil- just general destabilization, right, for like 90 days. 50-day siege, it doesn't sound like anything. How long was Chaz Chop going? We've already seen Donald Trump put up barriers and barricades at the White House. Could it be for this? Let me get back into this. It says, uh, it's time again for a dramatic decisive action which is why on september 17th in the original and enduring spirit of occupy we and tens of thousands of our fellow citizens will stream into lafayette square in washington dc we will lay siege to the white house and we will sustain it for exactly 50 days this is the hashtag white house siege a siege only works if it is sustained we witnessed this the multiplying power of a strategic occupation nine years ago you dig in Hold your ground, and the tension accumulates, amplifies, and glow and goes global. Fifty days, September seventeenth to November third. Let us once again summon the sweet revolutionary nonviolence that our that was once our calling card in Zuccotti Square or Zuccotti Park. White House siege will electrify the U.S. election season, and it doesn't stop there. Drawing wind from Me Too, BLM, Extinction Rebellion, and protests against Trump's lethal bungling of coronavirus will inspire a global movement of systemic change, a global spring, a cultural heave toward a true world order. Should I, should I go on? Should I, should I really go on? Because this is what we're talking about. This is, is this what Kyle Rittenhouse is defending? We don't know. Is this what defend the police is about? We don't know. But we do know that this is what Antifa is about, that this is what Black Lives Matter is about, that what some of these other organizations, what they're about. This is what's crazy, is we are sitting here literally watching history happen before our very eyes. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I got to go on. I can't stop there. I have to go on. We got to we have to finish this. Let's see what they're saying. What is our one demand? We want to collaborate with you. Brainstorm tactics with you. Spark a revolution with you. We need your voice of wisdom and expertise to pull off a radical democratic tone shift in our in our politics. If you would like to either contribute or just shoot the shit, drop us a line at blackspotcollective at adbusters.org or submit your ideas to us using the form below. And then it has all kinds of different stuff right there. If you would want to get involved, they're literally talking about creating a 50 day siege. How many people do you think went to Chaz Chop? Like I said, they've been protesting over there in Portland for roughly 90 days now and see how things have escalated. The only thing that's happening with this is they are literally like the eye of Sauron or something out of Lord of the Rings. They're activating these mobs of people to lay siege at the White House. 
This is crazy. And what's even more crazy is this is right along the same conspiratorial uh, trends that some people are talking about that with the election that they want to try to surround the White House with a million people voting, not voting, but basically trying to pull Trump out of the White House. Is this why the, the underground bunkers were activated? Like, it is crazy what is setting up on the political landscape on the horizon. This is what I mean by crippling cities. When you have, again, thousands of people not working, yet somehow organized, causing chaos on a deliberate manner. Who's doing this? Who's organizing this? This is this is crazy. Clip clip of the top Democrats calling for everything I just explained. I don't know why I'm surprised because here they are. Let's hear it from their mouths calling for the civil unrest and the uprisings across the country. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless They go low, How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? Biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought you should have punched him in the face. And so even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. Yeah. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we're in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face! When was the last time an actor assassinated the president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? Final video it had was of uh, of Jay Bishop literally being shot. That pop pop you heard like right there at the end that was of uh, some radical some random person Michael Michael Rowanall just going up shooting him. So that's what this is when you have people gaslighting and green lighting this type of behavior, gaslighting people saying go out there mess with them, shoot them where they stand, don't show them that they're not welcome. 
This is what creates the Karens. This is why people feel like they're allowed and emboldened to get all up in your life because someone is telling them to go do this. This is what's dangerous is because not only are we polarized, but we're so we're so angry. We're so at each other's throats that we're unable to work together. We are on the precipice or we're in the Civil War. I don't think that we're teetering. I think we're in it. We're in the beginning stages. Like I said before, I didn't want to go over the casualties of Michael of, of, of Michael Rowe and all, you know, and Kyle Rittenhouse uh, and, and, and all this stuff with Jay Bishop as well. This is crazy. But the sad part is, is a lot of this stuff is just getting started. I think the only thing I can really say, you know, in response to just just in response to all of this is this right here. I want to pull up real quick a clip clip for you guys of uh, of groups in Portland. This didn't get reported on shouting death to America, death to America. I want to play this quick clip and then get into this article about the DOJ investigating the leaders of BLM, Antifa, and more. As Homeland Security head admits that, quote, we know that there is an organization as videos of agitators chanting death to America emerge. This is written by Paul Joseph Watson over there at Summit.News. He put this up September 1st. DHS head, the Department of Justice is investigating the leaders of BLM, Antifa and their financiers. It says that the acting head of the Department of Homeland Security declared Monday night that the Department of Justice is, quote, targeting and investigating the leaders of Black Lives Matter and Antifa over violence and rioting in the U.S. cities. Appearing on Tucker Carlson's show, Chad Wolf also claimed that the feds are are going after those paying for the organization, paying for the organization of the rioting. When asked by Carlson, why haven't we seen the leaders of Antifa and BLM arrested and charged with conspiracy under RICO? Wolf said he had spoken to the attorney general personally about the matter. Quote, I know that they are working on it. Look, we've seen about 300 arrests across the country regarding civil unrest and protesting, violent protesting, and I would say criminal protesting, Wolf said. Quote, I know the Department of Justice has charged about 74, 75 individuals there in Portland with different federal crimes. Wolf continued, quote, we will continue to see how those investigations are going. Department of Justice is also targeting and investigating the head of these organizations, the individuals that are paying for these individuals to move across the country, he added. Wolf also repeated information from the police reports indicating that most people arrested for rioting Kenosha, Washington, or Wisconsin, were from other cities. Quote, what we know, Tucker, is that we have seen groups and individuals move from Portland to other parts of the country. That's right. That's who was paying for those bricks. That's who was organizing all these, 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 these riots overnight. Quote, we had about 175 arrests in Kenosha. Almost 100 of them were from out of state. So we know they are moving around. We have seen them in D.C., in Sacramento, and elsewhere. They are organized. We have seen similar tactics being used from Portland and other cities across the U.S. or across the country as well. So we know that there is an organization. I know the Department of Justice is also looking at that as well. Amid the violence... Videos have emerged of BLM and Antifa agitators in Kenosha and Oakland, California, marching, chanting, 
death to America. And that's where we're at right now, where we have mobs of people feeling emboldened and confident enough to walk around saying death to America, death to America. But to, uh, I'll say this and start close out the episode or, or at least close out this segment for you guys. Targeted arrests, going after the leadership just before coming on to the air. And I think this is one of the things I worry about. Secret arrests, detainment, stuff like this, real fascistic acts or real fascistic tactics. Right here, Portland police make, quote, targeted arrests as demonstrations rage. And I'm going to play for you guys real quick a clip of uh, police, Portland police, the secret police in Portland, 1.30 a.m., September 3rd, running up to somebody who's riding a bike, snatching them up off of the streets uh, and throwing them in the car. Kind of like what they did in New York, except it's over here in Portland. Uh, so let me play this quick clip, and then I'll read this article and close out this segment for you guys. Here it is, the lawlessness summoning the authoritarianism. Said for the second night this week, demonstrators took to the streets in Portland where some hurled, quote, rocks and projectiles at police, according to Reuters. The police did not declare an unlawful assembly nor riot on Wednesday, unlike Monday night when protesters flared up outside Mayor Ted Wheeler's Pearl District condo building in the downtown area, complete with fireworks and other loud disruptive activities. Portland police said crowds gathered outside the North Precinct, located in the 400 block of Northeast Emerson Drive or Emerson Street. During the march, several support vehicles traveled with demonstrators. The group shut down Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard in both directions. Police said some in the crowd started throwing rocks and projectiles at officers as, quote, targeted arrests were made. There were no official reports on how many were arrested. Reuters noted that police officers, quote, did not use any crowd control munitions or tear gas. Unrest in the streets of Portland has been ongoing since late May following the police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis. On numerous occasions, police have, have had to declare riots in Portland's downtown district as social unrest resulted in looting and building fires. In a move to get the city under control, Mayor Wheeler denounced the violence in a Facebook post this week after a man was shot and killed Saturday following supporters of President Trump clashing with protesters in the downtown areas. Quote, everyone deserves to feel safe in their community, Wheeler wrote Tuesday night. But last night, some more, uh, but last night saw more senseless, senseless violence in Portland. Trump has deployed federal forces and Oregon has sit in state police to crack down on the unrest. The president signed a memo on Wednesday that ordered the federal government to begin the process of defunding New York City, Portland, Seattle, and Washington cities, where local officials allowed, quote, lawless protests and cut police budgets amid rising violent crime. So they are snatching and grabbing people up off the streets. So what I'm telling you, you need to stay away from them protests. There ain't nothing but trouble for you out there in them streets. This is the type of stuff I'm talking about. So I want to say rest in peace uh, to Jay Bishop. Rest in peace to all the people that Kyle Rittenhouse murdered as well. You know, there was a pedophile, a convicted pedophile that was killed. 
the dude that was saying, shoot me, nigga, shoot me. He did die. He did get shot. Uh, but again, this is what I'm talking about by the dehumanization, by the world that we're creating. This is crippling cities. This is the lawlessness of su- lawlessness summoning the authoritarianism. And this is just the beginning. But just the beginning is what we're talking about. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about the global infection, about COVID-19. We talked to you briefly about the COVID-19 minority report, the pre-crime software, and all the other strange things they're creating. We got more updates uh, with COVID-19 and more. A mother was arrested in Australia. The The video went viral because these people are literally detaining a mother over a Facebook post promoting these anti-lockdown protests. So if you think what we're talking about with these protests are bad, we want to talk about authoritarianism, what's going on in Australia. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be getting into this and more on the other side. COVID-19, lockdowns, police state authoritarianism, martial law, and all this other New World Order nonsense on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. taken over the Democratic Party and Joe understand what's going on around you are in a state of war and you have precious little time to save yourself which we call active measures. The first stage being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. The next stage is destabilization. What matters is essentials. Economy, foreign relations, defense systems. The next stage is crisis. With a violent change of power, structure and economy, period of normalization. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all the schmucks to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C. who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfilled or not. Time bomb is ticking, but every second the disaster is coming closer and closer. The danger is real.
forces in this world that remind us of how fragile we are. We thought we were safe. We thought it could never happen to us. Then life like a fog descends upon us, blanketing our memories. Through the haze we travel its hidden paths, lost in its secret places. And when the storm, turbulent and immovable, forces us to shelter, will you remember? It calls to us, calls us back. Back to the ports and the harbors of our past. We fight the currents that pull and drag us off course. Not a light or star to chart the way. And when we arrive, we don't always know it at first. The places we once loved guised by time. Then we see it. The place we've been trying to get back to. Safe at last. We've found our way home. Eighty people, eighty has having, but a mother can't share this. They're trying to, they're down. Uh, Australia needs. Most videos get two thousand. That's because people were finally deciding to share it and get this stuff out here. It means people see what we're doing, but they don't see the need to share it. Let me read this real quick. 
It says, this morning in Ballarat, Victoria, all the way in Australia, a mother was arrested for allegedly, quote, incitement for sharing a Facebook post about anti-lockdown protests taking place. The mother, Zoe Lee, was taken into custody an hour before her ultrasound appointment, which means those globalist police officers didn't give a crap about her being pregnant. They didn't care. Officers confiscated all the phones and devices from the home. The footage that you were about to watch is only made available because it was streamed to Facebook Live. So before I play for you guys real quick this clip, this is why it's imperative that we get active members on our web app so that we can transform into a real app so that you have the ability to live stream not only on Fedbook, Instagram, but on our app as well. We need to have this footage in case strange things happen like this. They're making their move. Uh, we, we, we went over Millie Weaver being arrested. I'm telling you, there's strange stuff happening with me, and now they're out here arresting people for Fedbook posts? I mean, shucks. Uh, before, here, let me, let, me, let me go ahead and get this clip up or get this article up for you guys. It said, Australian police pay home visits to at least 80 people. 80 people experienced this, warning them that they will be arrested if they protest against the lockdown. Australia needs to wake up. Following the arrest, the controversial arrest of a pregnant woman over a Facebook post, police in Australia defended the move and said that they had paid over 80 home visits. Over 80 people experienced this to people warning them that they will be arrested if they attend these anti-lockdown protests. 28-year-old Zoe Beulah was handcuffed and arrested in her Ballarat home in the front of her children yesterday because she used Fedbook to organize a Freedom Day anti-lockdown protest in her own hometown. This is terrifying. This is coming to America. This is why we need to fight this. This is COVID-1984 on steroids. Black Lives Matter can sit up over here and destroy, destroy cities. But a mother can't share this. They're trying to, they're trying to scare you. Let's listen. I have no idea why you guys are doing this. Um, yeah, you can show me your search warrant before you go through my house. Search warrant for what? Yeah, what I will explain to you is, is if you want to listen, you got your phone going. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Right. Now you're under arrest in relation to incitement. Yeah, but, yeah, you're not obliged to say do anything, but anything you say do may be given evidence. Excuse me, incitement for what? What the, What on earth? Yeah. Excuse me, what What on earth? Yeah, just put your phone down. Can you, like, report this? I'm in my pyjamas. What's this? Ultrasound yeah, she's pregnant, so... Yeah. Well, we'll take What's this about? I have an ultrasound in an hour. Are you finished on all this phone? It's in relation to a Facebook post, in relation to a... Lockdown protests you put on for Saturday. Yeah, and I wasn't breaking any laws by doing you that. You are actually, you are breaking all. That's why I'm arresting you in relation to How can you arrest her? That's can't you just say to her to take the post down? Like, come I'm on. I'm happy to delete the post. It's yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah. But I have to give you this caution and rights. Do you understand? Yeah, that's fine. Right. Like, I'm happy to delete the post. This is ridiculous. Like, I'm just saying, that's fine. Do you understand that? Yeah, that's fine. But my two kids are here. Now, now you're giving evidence. Like, I'm happy to Do you see how much fun this guy's having? Giving this mother a runaround? She's over here trying to be compliant, saying, I can take the post out. What are you doing? There's no need to arrest me. But do you see how, how nonchalant he is, eh? He's just perfectly fine saying, listen, all right? I know you think you're going to get out of this. I don't care about your sound. I don't care about your kids right here. You're going to get arrested, okay? I'm trying to give you advice. 
Do you see how he's reveling in taking this woman's right away? Now you're giving evidence. But my two kids are here. I have an ultrasound in an hour. Like, I'm happy to delete the post. You also have the right to communicate with or to communicate with a legal practitioner. Do you understand those rights? Yeah, this is ridiculous. Yeah, this is a bit unfair. Come on, mate. What about she just doesn't do the event? Like, it's not like she's done it. She made a post. So that's an offence. Yeah. Search warrant entitles us and we're required to seize any computers, any mobile devices you have. Can I just get your bags out, mate? Totally. They did that to 80 people, probably to the organizers, to the, to the people setting this type of stuff up. They want to come after the leadership. After they get done coming after me, who's coming after you guys? They're not coming. They, you, you have to understand. You see how those, how those cops enjoyed taking that woman's life, her rights. They didn't care about anything she was saying. You want to sit up over here and talk about occupied areas. You got Antifa trying to lay a 50-day siege on the White House. You want to talk about occupied areas. Right now, Australia is occupied. Right now, their citizens don't have rights. We covered this just, what, like last week? They were talking about quarantine facilities, detainment facilities. This is happening today. Let me read this. Let me, let me read this. Stop getting excited. Read this. And then continue on because this is... This is over the top. Australian police pay home visits to 80 people, warning them they will be arrested if they protest against the lockdown. This is written by Paul and Joseph Watson over there at Summit.News. They put this up September 3rd. It says Victorian Barr criticizes arrests of pregnant women over Facebook posts. And this is what we were just talking about. It says following the controversial arrest of a pregnant woman over a Facebook post, police in Australia defended the move and said that they had paid over 80 home visits to the people, warning them that they will be arrested if they attend anti-lockdown protests. 28-year-old Zoe Bueller was handcuffed and arrested in her Ballarat home in front of her children yesterday because she used Fedbook to organize a Freedom Day anti-lockdown protest in her hometown. Authorities claimed that they were, quote, satisfied that the police had acted reasonably and Bueller was charged under Section 321G of the State's Crimes Act of 1958. However, the president of the Victorian Bar, Wendy Harris QC, said that she was concerned about the arrest. In the case of Ms. Bueller, 
who was arrested and handcuffed in her home in front of her partner and children. The bar is concerned that the enforcement action of the police appeared disproportionate to the threat she presented. Quote, the Victorian bar is concerned that the enforcement response to Ms. Bueller's conduct apparently at odds with other reported and more measured responses by authorities to organize or promoters of similar protests planned or carried out in contravention of public health directives. Harris was likely referring to Black Lives Matter protests, which haven't been met with the same consequences. Authorities responded by, absurd, by absurdly claiming that BLM had been allowed to organize the protests because they had been or because they had promised police they would maintain groups of no more than 10 people spaced 100 meters apart, something which clearly did not happen. Police, police Commissioner Luke Cornelius also revealed that officers had visited more than 80 people in the state of Victoria, warning them that they will be arrested if they tend any anti-lockdown protests this weekend. Quote, if you do take the selfish option and leave the home to protest, we'll be ready for you, said Cornelius. Quote, we have hundreds of police ready to respond, including our general duties and specialist police, such as the Public Health Order, Response Unit, Mounted Branch, and the Highway Patrol. They've all been rostered and will be deployed to support this operation. This literally comes on the heels of, like, like just, a, just, just the other week, didn't we have footage of, like, a woman being choked out in Australia for, like, not wearing a mask outside of a outside of her apartment complex she's like literally being like choked by an officer and he's just reveling in it just choking the crap out of this woman just beating her beating her all for not basically wearing a mask this is crazy so yeah no we've we've all got to wake up from this this is this has got to be some type of orwellian nightmare it is it, it, it truly is. And the reason they're going to keep pushing is because we've been so compliant. You know, I was thinking about this before I came onto the air with you guys. I apologized for my miscoverage of the coronavirus, of COVID-19. All the research that I had looked into, the analysis and the insights from other people, uh, biologists, virologists, and more, we were, we were lied to. I apologized for that, and then I switched my coverage. We were lied to about coronavirus. But see, they're not going to admit that. They're going to they have to double down like degenerate gamblers. They have to double down, but it won't be full bar. This is this is nuts. This is truly crazy to see all of this stuff go down. This this is this is nuts. Here, check this out. Another strange development along the same lines of them creating a contact tracing police force type deal, somebody that's designed to go out there and handle these type of strange situations. Uh, right here, Cuomo deploys a SWAT team to deal with the bre to deal with the outbreak. A so-called coronavirus SWAT team is heading to Sunny or uh, Sunny Onyata after the school suspended all in-person activities, including on-campus learning for two weeks amid a spike in coronavirus cases following prohibited parties, officials said. It says SUNY Chancellor Jim Malatris said Sunday that at least 105 positive cases have been confirmed, about 3% of the total students and the faculty of school. Quote, we will assess the situation working with the state and local health departments after two weeks, Malatris said. 
He also said that the spike in cases came after reports of several large parties and gatherings in and around the campus last week. Governor Cuomo is sending what he calls a SWAT team of contact tracers after an outbreak of coronavirus on the SUNY campus in upstate Oneonta. The school is closed for two weeks after 105 people, about 3% of the campus community, tested positive for COVID-19. SUNY Chancellor Jim Malatras. Five students uh, in Oneonta have been suspended for uh, holding parties against the college team. Three organizations, campus organizations, have been suspended. And that goes along. We're going to be tough on those students, not because we want to. Uh, we're in their fun, but this is a different time. And this goes to what other campuses have been doing. We had to suspend 43 students at SUNY Plattsburgh for similar things because we have to address this during the new normal. SUNY Oneonta, which is south of Cooperstown, is the first public university in New York to have to close for in-purpose learning due to a coronavirus outbreak on campus. On campus. So they're going to bring it back. And while you may have your own reservations about the matter, they're going to talk to you about it. They're going to get your kids to abide by all this COVID-1984 nonsense. It's your kids that are going to be facially recognized. It's your kid, the kids that are going to be given the shot. It's your kids that are going to have to deal with this. That's why I'm like, the social programming behind this is so sophisticated. You know they wargamed it. This is Event 201. This is Lockstep. This is their national contact tracing plan. This is Rockefeller. This is Bill Gates. And now you have the World Health Organization's Tedros Cabrasius warning that, quote, no country can just pretend that the pandemic is over as Trump embraces herd immunity. You know, just last week, there was another article that I wanted to go over with you guys. It talked about how over, how over 172, 172 countries agreed to create a global COVID-19 vaccine program. And I just keep thinking to myself, they can't pull this off. There's no way they can pull this off. You're going to give people tainted vaccines where the companies are going to be exempt from liability. So they're not going to be, they're not going to be held liable and kill you. And, and, and you can't sue them. Your family can't sue them. There's no way they're going to be able to pull this off. And, and, and today recording this, Dr. Anthony has been stepped down and replaced with a new uh, head. I forget what the gentleman's name is. I'm sure I'll go over it more in the future. But let me get into this. Because what you have happening right now is a charade where 172 countries, everybody else is going along with this, creating like a global vaccination program. This is very, very interesting to see. So even though information has come out about, about the less lethal nature of coronavirus, right, the death rate, the death toll, how it's really only affecting people with comorbidity factors, elderly individuals, right? Even though that's now mainline news, you still have them charioting this whole event as if it's a, a, a wonderful thing. Like they're all going to get together and just shoot each other up with vaccines. <laughs> Let's get into this. It says World Health Director General Tedros Cabrasius on Monday said during the organization's latest Monday virtual news conference from its Geneva headquarters that, quote, no country can just pretend that the pandemic is over as governments around the world ease social distancing restrictions and start to send children back to the classroom. It's just a latest example of Dr. Tedros's impl implicitly criticizing President Trump and his handling of the U.S. outbreak after Trump recently insisted that the virus is, quote, under control despite flare-ups in the Sun Belt states. Quote, the more control countries have over the virus, the more they can open up. 
up without having control is a recipe for disaster. It's not one size fits all. It's not all or nothing. Tedros said. Dr. Tedros described, quote, four things that all countries, communities, and individuals must focus on to take control of the virus before they start to unwind their emergency methods or the me- emergency measures. First, preventing amplifying events. COVID-19 spreads very efficiently among clusters of people. Second, reduce deaths by protecting vulnerable groups, including older people, those with underlying conditions, and essential workers. Third, Individuals must play their part by taking the measures we know work to protect themselves and others. Say, stay at least one meter away from others. Clean your hands regularly. Participate or practice respiratory etiquette and wear a mask. Don't do that. And fourth, governments must take tailored actions to find, isolate, test, and care for cases and trace and quarantine contacts. Widespread widespread stay-at-home orders can be avoided if countries take temporary geographically targeted interventions. Individuals can minimize their chances of infection by avoiding the three C's, Dr. Tedros said. Closed spaces, crowded places, and closed contact environments. Tedros also said that countries should protect the most vulnerable people, including the elderly, those with underlying conditions, and essential workers to help save lives. So, you know, I, I look at this and I'm like, is this really even anything? Is this really even anything? Did you really even tell me anything new? Why is the government thinking that it is their right to talk to me about my health freedom? What happened to my body, my right? Is this anything really even new? The vaccines don't work. The measures don't work. Your methods are messed up. You bungled this. What are we doing here? Why are we even going over this? (laughs) I think that's why I get a little confused because... Now that it's come out, people don't even care about the virus. Now that it's come out, people aren't even, they, they don't care, yet still the problem of the virus, the authoritarian infection is still there. You still got Karens running around, mass shaming people, contact tracers feeling emboldened to go out and, and, and snitch on people. Yet because these are fools, not heroes, fools who have been told, go out there and go do this, they don't know about the less lethal nature of the virus. This is the latest social trend. They ain't got nothing else to do. This is dangerous. This is this is really, really dangerous. The CDC had admit, it admitted that 94% of all COVID deaths had underlying medical conditions, meaning that in that in practicality, only around ninety only around nine thousand people actually died from the coronavirus. So there's no need for this. And they're even saying the people that are asymptomatic don't have to worry about this. What is all of this for? This is just literal charades, like political theater, kabuki theater. You get me? And now check this out. Like this is supposed to be like some marvelous thing. Trump administration is stockpiling three different types of COVID-19 vaccines. They're skipping animal trials and they're going straight to human testing. This is violation of the Nuremberg uh, Code, of the of uh, or, uh, of the Nuremberg Laws and the Geneva Code. They are turning us into the human experiments. And so again, my mind, you know how it is. I just start thinking: Are they going to turn us into mutants? Because they're saying this is going to modify your DNA. Why? Why are we doing this for a less less lethal virus? 
Is this even like a biological attack released by the Chinese? What is, what is all of this for? Because now people don't even care about the virus. Yet you still have all this hysteria attached to it. Suicide, suicide's off the charts. Depression's off the charts. Anxiety's off the charts. Mental, like it, it's a mental health epidemic. Drug overdoses are off the charts because of this. All because of foolishness. And it's only increasing. Let me get into this. I'm sorry. I, 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 I just get frustrated because I'm like, what is this? What is this? When you have millions of people rushing to the TV screen and or their phone telling them what to do, they're incapable of thinking for themselves. They don't know how to research. They don't practice discernment. You have the blind leading the blind. You have sheep. I'm sorry. Let me read this. We put this up September 2nd. It comes from Matt. Uh, from Max Labo over there, SHTF plan. It says the Trump administration is now stockpiling three different types of coronavirus vaccines through Operation Warp Speed. None of these vaccines have been approved for use, but all are from different big pharma companies. Based on all information, based on all the information available, nothing about this new COVID-19 vaccine is necessary, yet it looks like it's going to be mandatory. Even if the, quote, law doesn't mandate it, there would be ways to coerce Americans into getting it. The United States has already manufactured and stockpiled, quotes, hundreds of thousands of doses of the coronavirus vaccines in hopes that one will be effective in combating the virus, a senior administration official said Tuesday, according to a report put out by Fox News Business. Should the Food and Drug Administration give any of these concoctions clearance, the vaccine would be ready to be deployed by the military, as Trump himself has already said would happen. The time is almost up. You would better wake up quick. Trump is going to have these vaccines ready before the election loss likely, less likely. If we stand any chance at retaining our humanity and the freedom, which is our birthright, we had better learn to stand together and oppose this in mass. So, as I mentioned, manufacturing is already on the way for three of our vaccines. Paul Mango, Health and Human Services Deputy Chief of Staff, said last week, quote, we already have manufacturing started for the other three. We are retrofitting a number effects of, of, of facilities. Mango said the U.S. expects to have four coronavirus candidate vaccines in large-scale clinical trials by the middle of September. The government, quote, is very pleased with the progress, he said. Operation Warp Speed was spearheaded by President Trump. The ambitious $10, $10 billion program uh, being in mid-May with the goal to develop, produce, and distribute a COVID-19 vaccine by the end of the year. Operation Warp Speed would also create uh, would also beat of making at least 300 million doses to administer to Americans. Three different types of vaccines, and they all may not work. So what are you injecting people with then? What are you, what are you shooting people up with? I'm just, it, this is dangerous. This is, this is freaking dangerous. This is freaking dangerous to me. I like. I literally can't say anything else. Another article that popped up again, more evidence of how they're going to try to coerce you because they can't mandate it. They have to coerce you to take it, to take the, to take the shot. Another article that popped up explaining this comes from Technocracy News. It talks about how lawyers are going to reveal a strategy on how to demonize the COVID deniers. Because you have people explaining that it's a pan, that it's a pandemic, that it's all a hoax to get mandatory vaccinations in. This happened earlier this week in Virginia. You had mothers, family members coming together to protest mandatory vaccinations. 
because people see it. I was uh, here before before I get into this uh, this clip of the protest that went down in Virginia. Before I get into this, let me read real quick about how <laughs> about how the FDA commissioner is willing to skip phase three trials on COVID nineteen vaccine. How they are going to skip over the animal trials and go straight to humans. But I guess because we all consider ourselves goyim and sheeple, I suppose the animal trials are us. Let me read this. We put this up August 31st. It's from Max Lavo. He put over there SHTF plan. It says, quote, as promised, we're going to have a dark winter. Operation Warp Speed has just taken a sinister turn as the Food and Drug Administration commissioner said he is willing to, quote, authorize a coronavirus vaccine before phase three trials are complete. Once this vaccine is approved by the government, President Donald Trump says that the military will be rolling it out. Time is running out, folks. They need your compliance, and they need it now. Dr. Stephen Hahn, or Stephen Hahn, the FDA commissioner, said his agency was prepared to authorize the vaccine before phase three clinical trials were complete, as long as officials were convinced that the benefits outweigh the risks, the Financial Times reports. The benefits will always outweigh the risks when it comes to those who want power and are willing to impose their will on others. Wake up. This is all happening underneath Donald Trump. Stop being blinded by the left-right paradigm and realize what's happening. The U.S. government is going to use the military to vaccinate every single human in this country. Trump is pushing for this vaccine just as hard as anyone. Last Saturday, he accused members of the so-called deep state working within the FDA of complicating efforts to test the COVID-19 vaccines in order to delay results until after the November 3rd presidential election. A day later... The FDA gave emergency use authorization of a coronavirus treatment that uses blood plasma from recovered patients. Quote, our emergency authorization or emergency use authorization is not the same as a full approval. Hahn told the Financial Times, adding that his decision will not be made because of the political pressure. Quote, this is going to be a science, medicine and data decision. This isn't going to be a political decision, Hahn said, according to the report. Instead, he promises he's promising this decision to is going to be made in the best interest of Big Pharma. Rushing a vaccine helps no one other than those who stand to make a profit. Yeah, and this is everything I've literally been talking about since we went over event 201 back in like January or February. How a representative from the Johnson and Johnson board there asked for regulatory flexibility when it came to the development and the manufacturing of vaccines. Remember that? He said, no, we can do this. We, 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 we could for sure develop a vaccine for this virus. But in order for us to do so, in order for us to do so, you got you to gotta lax up on these laws, man. Like, I, 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 can't, I can't make this vaccine if you guys have all this red tape. And that's where wham, blam, Operation Warp Speed came in. Cuts the red tape, gets rid of phase three trials, animal trials, all this stuff, and puts it right there, puts it right into you, where they're asking for volunteers. And that's how they'll get their data. That's also how they'll get the... ...to where we can report on things like this right here. Virginians rise up against government determined to take away the right to medical freedom. It says Virginians are rising up at a government rising up against the government determined to take away their right to medical freedom with a huge crowd marching against government mandates imposed in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic, specifically regarding 
vaccination. It says the freedom lovers came together in Virginia's capital of Richmond on Wednesday to raise awareness and protest the threat of mandates that are said to take away the right to medical freedom. over 12,000 Virginians signed a petition in just a short few days stating that it's my body, my choice on this issue, which is something that we hear, you know, pounded for a long time. But when it comes to a medical mandate, apparently it's okay for the state to say it's your body and it's my choice. And we oppose that at Virginia Freedom Keepers. I'm not even aware that the, the government or the health commissioner has a constitutional mandate to prescribe medical treatment for citizens. Now, I certainly hope that if there's a viable vaccine that it's made available for those that want it. But for me and my family and those that choose to either not vaccinate or to defer a decision on whether or not to accept this vaccination, I want to ma make sure that we can maintain our right to accept or not accept medical treatment of our own, uh, our own choosing. Because the masks have to go, the mandates have to go. I don't need poison in my children. The American people need to stand up. It's time for us to just be unlocked the lockdowns need to come off and i mean the people are tired of it the vaccines should not be mandatory it's our body and it's our choice wish you could all be here today just to take in the atmosphere the patriotism the determination and the spirituality of this crowd these are people who know who their god is and they know that it is not Governor Ralph Northam or the, the state health commissioner. And among those on hand, one of the one of the speakers who just blew everyone away with his comments is Dr. Leland Stillman. And I urge everyone here to sign petitions already in circulation to recall Governor Northam and send a message to politicians across this country. We will never surrender our freedom to choose what medicine we will not take. What's your message right now to not just Virginians, but to the American people? They need to wake up to the fact that the mainstream media is not telling them the truth about their health because the reality is that the mainstream media works for the people who pay their salaries, and that's the top advertisers. And you can go through the list of the advertisers on any mainstream media network, and you will see that they are producing things that either make you sick or treat the sicknesses that you have. Why would anyone who's got that agenda tell you how to be healthy? Be careful of what you hear. Don't believe everything that you don't think might be right. And question. And use common sense. We, we deserve a voice. And we're not being heard, you know, where, where these people are now. So I think that's uh, a lot of people need to just stand up and, and let your voice be heard. And I'll put that link in the description bar below. Yeah, I'll put that link in the description bar below so you guys can check it out so you don't have to hear me singing. I know you're probably already tired of that voice. You don't need to hear me singing <laughs> on top of it. I'm not a good baritone or a good soprano. Yeah, no. Uh, very, very powerful. It's very, very cathartic. It is very, very empowering to see so many people care about your rights, about my rights, about the state of the country, about all these things and more. So, yeah, I'll put that link in the description bar below. 
if you guys want to watch it. There's only a couple more seconds on there. Uh, but in that same spirit, to talk more about this, this is another article that comes from Harbinger's Daily. We put this up August 31st. It says, hundreds rally at Massachusetts State House against mandatory flu vaccine for all students. It goes on to say that hundreds of Massachusetts res- residents gathered at the State House on Sunday to protest the governor's mandate that all students must receive the flu vaccine. Under Republican Governor Charlie Baker's mandate, all children aged six months or older who attend to child care, preschool, kindergarten, K-12, and colleges and universities in the state must have a flu vaccine by December 31st. The edict allows for medical and religious exemptions. Quote, the flu vaccine requirement applies to all full-time undergraduate and graduate students younger than three years of age and all full and part-time health science students. Mass Live reported. It says, in the Sunday demonstration in Boston, protesters held signs that read, quote, my child, my choice, quote, unavoidably unsafe. Parents call the shots and I am not a threat. They also chanted that, quote, we will not comply. I hope the good folks over here in Australia or over there in Australia are watching us wake up. You see, you can mess with us. You can mess with individuals. You can do all these things. But when it comes to the kids, that's when all bets are off. And that's exactly where this is. Bill Gates said that, you know, a lot of the people, the elderly population that will receive the vaccine, they'll experience side effects and possibly even death. Older individuals are willing to take that. But the kids, because the parents are doing research into the vaccines, Moderna and more, the parents don't want their kids being turned over to this. The parents don't want their kids being sterilized. The parents don't want their kids having to live through all of this nonsense. As they shouldn't. So to get into this, this quick article with you guys, and then I'll, I'll, I'll move on to the next one. Because we're talking about protests, we're talking about uh, rallies, fighting for your rights, human rights, and more. Why this is important. Like I said before, if they take me down, who next? They're going to take down the leaders. They're taking down the organizers. They're taking down the people who are putting themselves out there. And that's why we have to fight. Right here, GoFundMe GoFundMe shuts down campaign for anti-lockdown protesters. It organized, it it created a pound, a a fee of $10,000, of 10,000 pounds for the person that created the anti-lockdown protest that took place in, 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 in London. So imagine that. Imagine that you're trying to have an, a rally the same way that we just went over with Massachusetts and in Virginia. You're trying to have a rally, but they lock you down. They, they, they shut you down. They arrest you. You're fined $10,000. So then you decide to start a GoFundMe. They shut down the GoFundMe so that you're not even able to raise money. These are the technocrats. This is the COVID-1984 nonsense. Let's read this a little bit. Uh, GoFundMe shuts down campaign for anti-lockdown protester organizer fined 10,000 pounds. This is written by Paul Joseph Watson over there at Summit.News, and they put this up September 1st. It says, while the platform has prostrated itself for Black Lives Matter marches, GoFundMe shut down a campaign to help raise funds for the organizer of an anti-lockdown protest who was fined 10,000 pounds. On Saturday, 73-year-old Piers Corbin, not Piers Morgan, Piers Corbin led a Unite for Freedom march of around 400 people to Trafalgar Square in central London and was subsequently arrested by police. 
He later revealed that he had been handed a $10,000 fixed penalty fine for organizing the demonstration. In comparison, not a single Black Lives Matter protester has been arrested or issued with a substantial fine over breaking coronavirus laws in the last three months, despite BLM demonstrations attracting thousands of people with little to no social distancing. Indeed, on the very same day of the anti-lockdown protest, a million people marched to protest against systemic racism in the UK also took place in London. It says that the organizers of, the, of that event were not hit with the same fine that Corbyn received. Under UK law, holding a gathering of more than 30 people in an outdoor place is illegal. Metropolitan Police Commander Boss Javad said officers had worked, quote, tirelessly to warn communities that, quote, that we remain in a health pandemic. But this warning seemed to be strangely silent during the weeks of a large scale BLM rallies. Uh, kind of like what I was saying, that Bill Gates doesn't care about black people. Bill Gates doesn't care about Black Lives Matter. That's why he's been strangely silent this whole time. <laughs> Every time there's like a protest, he has, he has Bill Gates doesn't care about Black Lives Matter, but he, but he wants your lives. these things do you see it's all about rubbing your face in it it's all about telling you that you have no rights that you're only allowed to have rights if you're with the party that's some straight communistic style stuff right there it's something straight out of the bolshevik revolution where you're only allowed to operate if you go through their system that's very dangerous but speaking of dangerous and this is the last thing i want to cover with this segment i think it should really just terrify people as we've been talking about vaccinations medical freedom, locking down protesters who don't want to go with any of this and, mo and, and more. Another thing that should kind of terrify you is this concept. Forced medication and companies locked down in China. And for our audio listeners, I'll describe to you real quick this little uh, potion that they've given this individual. It literally looks like, 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 a, like a health potion. Like it's got this, this red, brown kind of murky liquid uh, and it doesn't really look appetizing. Forced medication accompanies lockdown in China. This is written by Ricky Scaparo over there at End Times Headlines. They put this up September 1st. 
And before I get into this, this is essentially what we're talking about with vaccines just being done in a completely different way. They want to try to figure out how to not necessarily pacify the population, but make them more easily suggestible. Ironically enough, you know, this is another thing that I had wanted to cover with you guys uh, last week. How, um, how a medical expert wanted to put psychoactive drugs in the water supply to make coronavirus defectors cooperative. Yeah. So it's like on, it's like on top of realizing that people are not going to go along with this, that people are going to resist this. You have them saying, well, how about we just put something in the water supply so that they're more compliant? Think about that. Knowing full well what they're doing is wrong. They want to create morality pills for people. This is cooked up over there at Western Michigan University by Parker Crutchfield, an associate professor of medical ethics. He wants to create morality pills for people to make them more cooperative. So this isn't fluoride in the water. This isn't, this isn't any of the other chemicals that we've covered, right? Atrazine, this is morality pills to make you more compliant here in America being discussed. But we're not talking about that yet. What we're actually talking about is this article before us. Forced medication accompanies lockdown in China. And if you don't think it's going to happen here, we've already been infected with the very same disease. Let's get into this. It says not only were, we, not only were citizens in China being forced in lockdown in the height of, of China's coronavirus outbreak, but they were crammed into a cell with dozens of others in a, deter, in a detention center. One woman claims that she was not only forced into detention with other women, but she was also forced to drink medicine that made her feel weak and nauseous. And guards were placed to watch, watching just to make sure that she drank it. The woman also claims that she and the others also had to strip naked once a week and cover their faces as guards hosed them down and as well as their cells with disinfectant like firemen. It was, quote, it was scalding recounted the woman by phone from Jinjing, declining to be named out of the fear of retribution. Quote, My hands were ruined. My skin was peeling. According to Yahoo, the government in, Chinese, in China's far northwest Xinjiang region is resorting to what is being called draconian measures to combat the coronavirus, including physically locking down residents in home, imposing quarantines lasting more than 40 days, and arresting those who fail to comply. Many are also being forced into swallowing traditional Chinese medicine, according to the government notices, social media posts, and interviews with three people in quarantine in Xinjiang, despite the fact that experts warn is a breach of medical ethics. So forced medication is beginning to accompany the lockdowns in China. So not vaccines, but your morality pills making you weak and nauseous so you're unable to think clearly so you're unable to grab your thoughts and think about reality engage in critical thinking practice discernment they don't want that they don't want people using their higher mental faculties they don't want you firing on all cylinders they don't want you to be aware of the programming no they need to drug you straight out of 1984 or straight out of brave new world straight out of it that is crazy but because, again, people don't know their history, they don't read those, the signs on the wall, they don't understand this stuff, they're doomed to repeat it. 
I'll say this before I get into the next article of the Ohio Department of Health partnering with FEMA to create sheltering facilities for people exposed to COVID. Let me explain to you guys, like, really what's going on. In China, when I talk about them getting rid of Christians, right, getting rid of the Bible, destroying churches, ripping up graveyards, and start installing Communist Party officials in the church, declaring people who are Christians as uh, radical extremists that need to be thinking to that need to be taken to thought transformation centers. It's this type of stuff. This is the reason why they got rid of George Orwell's 1984 in China like a couple years ago. Only, only a couple years ago. They got rid of it before they installed the social credit score system because 1984 predicted it. And that's why they're having such a hard time with the Christians there now, too. Because the Bible predicted the social credit score system. The Bible predicted the mark of the beast style system. But see, you can't have the social credit score system and you can't have George Orwell's 1984 in China with the Bible there. You'll have resistance. We've, we've covered that, right? How they have taken children, Christian children from Christian parents and put them into re-education facilities because they can't have that. Can't have you speaking truth in this empire of lies. You might wake people up. And that's what that is. So when we're talking about all this stuff, realize that it's going to come here. So that's why we worry about what's happening over there. Because you have authoritarians here that think, shucks, this is a good idea. I need to destroy those pesky Christians. Them and their God, shucks. They're always talking about freedom and glory and all this other stuff. I can't deal with that. Really understand what we're up against, team. Check this out. Ohio Department of Health partners with FEMA to create, quote, sheltering facilities for people exposed to COVID. We're talking about FEMA camps. Ohio has signed a contract with FEMA to have FEMA camps. Colleges and universities are asked to make buildings available for coronavirus shelters. This is written by Paul Joseph Watson. They put this up September 3rd over there at Summit.News. It says that the Ohio Department of Health has partnered with FEMA to, to create, quote, sheltering facilities for people suspected to of so for people suspected to exposed to be exposed to coronavirus who are unable to quarantine at home. A director's order published on the official OD, OHD website outlines how the state of Ohio and FEMA, under, quote, emergency protective measures, will set up, quote, non-congregate sheltering for those who are unable to safely self-quarantine in their place of residence and able to isolate those diagnosed with or showing signs of COVID-19. The facilities are designed to hold people who have been exposed to coronavirus but don't need hospitalization and those deemed asymptomatic high-risk individuals needing social distancing as a precautionary measure. The Ohio Emergency Agency, or Ohio Emergency Management Agency is in the process of identifying both public and private facilities that could be repurposed as sheltering facilities. The order also directs public colleges and universities to, quote, make available vacant grounds, buildings, and facilities for, quote, temporary use as non-congregate sheltering to prevent the spread of COVID-19, including medical facilities. Colleges and universities providing such facilities will be seen as performing a, quote, public duty and will therefore be immune from civil liability under the order. The order will take, a, will take effect immediately and is currently due to expire in 90 days or at a time, quote, to be determined by the Director of Health. According to the Interim Director of Ohio Health Department, Lance D. Himes, the order is being passed to, quote, avoid an imminent threat with a high probability of widespread exposure to COVID-19. 
It is not known whether people, quote, suspected to be exposed to COVID who can't or refuse to be isolated at home will be forced to be housed in the facilities, although numerous respondents to the directive expressed this concern on Twitter. So when I'm trying to talk to you guys about watching what you do when you go out to these protests, watching about the contact tracers, being careful about which, which places you go, this is the type of stuff that we're talking about. We have been infected with authoritarianism. We're fighting off socialism, communism, and all these other isms. And it doesn't make sense because this is not, this is, this is not American. This is not the way of life. They're mandating poverty and destroying our future at the same time and telling us we have no rights, telling us we have no future, telling us that your rights are actually a threat. This is what I mean by being occupied. So you really got to wonder what we're infected with. Is it coronavirus or is it something worse? Maybe this is why they're saying they didn't want the cure to be worse than the problem. Forced medications accompanying lockdown, skipping phase three trials, lawyers figuring out how to demonize people and arrest assault on nature yeah yeah that's right you have all kinds of other things going on and more in tomorrow's new world we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to be getting getting into this and more on the other side ladies and gentlemen don't go anywhere this is freedom faction over here on factions of freedom and we'll be right back right after this
Welcome back. Final segment. And you're still here. Thank God. <laughs> you know, uh, with, with, with this segment, Tomorrow's New World, I just kind of decided to get a smorgasbord of all this other crazy stuff that's going on to really just explain how we're not in Kansas anymore. They're saying this is new, the new normal. I'm saying COVID-1984. You have them. You you have Antifa calling for a fifty-day siege on the White House for a true world order. Yeah, tomorrow's new world is right now. Tomorrow's new world is today, <laughs> and things are crazy. That's why that that's why these days you hear me tell you there ain't no conspiracy. I don't need to sit up over here and say, "Hey, I got some crazy documents." Like it's 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 George Soros over here. It's George Soros over here, like organizing all this stuff. I don't. It, it's no conspiracy. Stuff is so crazy and so out here in the open. If you blink your eye, you're gonna miss. That's why I'm referring back to what happened last week, the week before last week, and then this week, because stuff is happening so fast that we are clearly in the quickening. That that, that we are in a cosmic convergence point, my friends. That's what you're feeling. Yes, it was the full moon. Right. But there was also something even greater. We are in such a such a time crunch of just everything that's going down. And that's why you can feel it. 
That's why you can feel it. It's in the air. It's palpable. This is why I, why, why I had named the mini-cast we did this week, Spiritual Senses Being Overwritten by Physical Instincts, because as the quickening is taking place, and as we've talked about in the past, evil evolving and righteousness rising to quell it, it's a very real thing. There has to be a balance that takes place, and I think that's a lot of what everybody's feeling, is that, that, that authoritarian when I was talking about beforehand, the lawlessness summoning the authoritarianism, I think that's what everybody kind of feels gradually building is that, 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 that indignation, that righteous rage, right? Everybody's beginning to have choices laid out before them. Do we go along with the programming? Do we shame other people for not going along with the programming? Do we come up with something different? We were in such a, such a, such a, 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 a crazy time to be alive that if you're bored, you know, I don't know what to tell you. If you're bored, you're probably not paying attention. I'll say this and start getting into the, into the topics with you guys. <laughs> I saw this hilarious meme that popped up, uh, this week and it was, it, 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 it said this, here's the easiest way for me to summarize it somewhere in some place there's some guy out there in nature listening to underneath the waterfall out there in nature listening to the winds completely unaware of everything he should be pissed about <laughs> out there someplace there's a guy in the woods underneath the waterfall listening to nature completely unaware of everything he should be upset about <laughs> and i just get this image of this like uh I don't want to say like of Jesus, but of like this hippie style dude walking into town right now, walking into Seattle after it's been burned, saying, hey, can I get a <laughs> getting, <laughs> getting punched in the mouth? Because that's where things are right now. This peaceful hippie could be returning to society and things are so volatile and crazy that he would get punched in the mouth for not doing the proper chicken dance. Either not saying white people suck, you know, death to America or not putting the mask on. Some guy would come back from reality, from La La Land, wherever he's at, Zeta Reticuli, the Pleiadian system, Galaplaxius 9, it doesn't matter. He would come back to society completely unaware of things, and because he, 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 he disassociated for a second, he would get beat up. But philosophically speaking, an argument could be made that that's exactly why the individual left society in the first place, is so that he didn't have to be angry about all these things. And with that being said, let's start this segment. Tomorrow's new world. Tomorrow's new world today. Kind of crazy, huh? You know, earlier this week, or better yet, last week, I think is a better way to put it, it happened as uh, we were closing out the week, Elon Musk demonstrated a working brain chip we briefly went over it this week on Instagram Live. We played the clip for you guys of Elon Musk hooking up electrodes to a pig's brain and then feeding it. You know, and then you hear oink, oink. You hear the pig all excited because he's getting some feed. So you're seeing that stimuli happen right there. And they're monitoring its neural activity on a screen. And that's cute. That's well. That's fine. But did you see how I just talked about not doing the chicken dance and being beat in the face for not wearing a mask, uh, not saying death to America, or not hating Whitey. 
These are all social programs that we are all living in right now. We talked about it at the first start of the show, at the start of the show with the hurricanes, the pandemic, the rioting, the looting, the unemployment, right? These aren't social programs. These are socioeconomic implications and things that have impacts on people so they, so they begin to modify their behavior. If Elon Musk's if Elon Musk starts hooking up different parts of the population to the cloud or to technology or to something, that's going to be dangerous because then you're literally going to be having technology send information to its vessels only for us to upload this, this, this program. Does that make sense? Like there are so many ways to dissect what is happening right here that it is almost terrifying. I'll put it to you this way and then I'll play this quick clip for you guys. One of our exclusive members, Dube, you guys have heard him on the show a couple of times. I talked to him about how my thought process, when we look at the mark of the beast and how, 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 when you really take a step back and how they say, if you take the mark, it's going to deny you from redemption and salvation. My thought process behind that is hooking your brain up to the, to the cloud. Think about where that chip is going to sit, Right. A perfect example is with these COVID-19 tests. They take this long needle and they just shove it in your nasal cavity and kind of scramble stuff up there and then do it on the other side as well. Imagine if they were to hook this brain chip up and place it right there in the nasal cavity. Where is that? That's right there near your pineal gland. And let's just say, and we've covered this on the show a couple of times before, but let's just say the Elon Musk's brain-to-machine neural interface the, the, the brain chip, let's just say that it emits a low-level electromagnetic field that interferes with your pineal gland, which interferes with your ability to receive information from light, right? Because we, we, we're really just advanced biological computers and plants. We receive a lot of information from light, um, engrams and things like this. We've covered it in the past. But now you have Elon Musk's neurochip his, his brain chip inside of your brain, monitoring and manipulating your brain waves through electrodes. And so we're not talking about 5G. We're not back in 2017, back in April. We're not talking about that. What we're talking about is voluntarily implanting yourself with technology for what purpose? So that you could have access to more memories, increasing your, your, your IQ, I don't know, but it's very dangerous. Let me read this, and I'll play the quick clip. We put this up August 31st. It's from Paul Joseph Watson over there at Summit.News. It says, Elon Musk demonstrates working brain chips. Goes on to ask for human volunteers. It says, billionaire tech CEO Elon Musk demonstrated a microchip called Neuralink Friday, showing how it works on pigs, and then asking for human volunteers to have the chip inserted into their brains. Musk claimed that the chip had been implanted in a pig while showing video of the animal's brain activity complete with neurons firing in real time. Musk announced that the device is, quote, like Fitbit in your skull, explaining that it is attached to tiny flexible threads stitched into the brain by a sewing machine-like robot. It goes flush on your skull. I could have a link right now and you wouldn't know. Maybe I do, <laughs> the SpaceX founder said. The tech head claims that eventually the device will allow humans to control computers and smartphones with their mind by connecting brain signals to a Bluetooth receiver worn on the ear. Quote, getting a link 
requires opening a piece of skull, removing a coin-sized piece of skull, robot insects, electrodes, and the device replaces the portion of the skull that is closed up with superglue, Musk noted. Musk added that the brain chip will be ready for humans in one year, but it will take 25 years to fully develop, at which point he expects it to be able to allow humans to communicate without speaking and to cure depression by retraining the brain. Now think about that. Electromagnetic stimulation to cure the brain. Isn't that what like electroshock therapy was? It's like, oh, you're feeling some type of way? Shoot you in the brain. No, you're not. Not anymore. We trained your brain. Oh, you're having feelings that are inappropriate, huh? Are they even, are they retraining your brain? Are they just putting notifications on your emotions? You've got to look at how the population has already been given over to this like technocratic spirit, my friends. And how this is just one step further. So let me play for you guys this quick clip and then we'll continue on. But uh, here is Elon Musk hooking a pig up with a brain ship. What if we, if we lift the curtain and then zoom in? Get that pig. All right. Here we go. Great. Okay. Great. <laughs> Okay, this is a, a high-energy pig. Um, all right, Gertrude, thanks for coming out. Um, so what you're, the, the beeps you're hearing are real-time signals from the neural link in Gertrude's head. So this neural link connects to neurons that are uh, in her snout. So whenever she snuffles around and touches something with her snout, that sends out uh, neural spikes, which are detected. Here. Um, and so on the screen, um, you can see uh, each, each of the, the spikes from the 1,024 electrodes. And, and then if, you, if she, yeah, she shuffles around, touches this out in the ground, or you kind of feed her some food, pigs love food, um, then uh, you, you can see the neurons um, will fire much more than when you're not touching this out. And uh, that's what's making the, the beeping sound. All right, cool. So as you can see, uh, we have a healthy and happy pig, um, shy but obviously high energy and, and uh, you know, kind of loving life. And uh, she's had the implant for two months. So this is a healthy and happy pig with an implant that is two, month old, two months old and working well. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> Um, and then um, we actually have, I hope this works, is, so we said, well, what if we do two neural link implants? Um, and we've been able to uh, do 